This is Wolfish on Web3. Your guide through the new world of blockchain, crypto, DeFi, NFTs, and knowing yourself as your greatest asset. Now that's Wolfish. With your hosts, Dwayne Moffat and Jake Anderson. All right, it is... uh the day after launch, Dwayne, like, man, I, I feel like I'm on cloud nine right now with just how everything has come together for the launch of Wolfish on Web3 and, and, and everything that's happened. How, how are you feeling now that we've got oh. a day under our belt? Man, this is uh, couldn't have went off better. Like we were talking about it the other day and we're like, ah, you know, how are we going to do this launch? Are we going to put all the episodes out at once and blah, blah. And then we just went, nah, let's launch it. And <laughs> and, it couldn't, and it couldn't have went better, man. Like yeah. um, there's, we're getting on Twitter and, you know, everything's just flowing along nicely. This is uh, this is going to be fun, man. Yeah, I mean, big shout out to the Wolf Den community. Um, those just that community has been such a massive support to what we're doing. Um, it really like after like yesterday, one of the things that really came to to mind was just how powerful that community really is in the people that's in it and how supportive they are. Like it's it's truly a blessing that we have taken the time to really just build those relationships inside the Wolf Den and with the people that are serving there and. Yeah, just seeing like how they were contributing. I mean, my Twitter, my phone, like even right now, I'm just looking at it, just keeps blowing up with Twitter notifications. <laughs> like I feel like an influencer, not, you know, one of those, <laughs> like I got like 50,000 followers or something. Maybe this is what it feels like, but it's just, but it's just the Wolfden people, like they're, they're so supportive and coming together to help each other. So I just wanted to give yeah. that a shout out. Yeah. And like when we first launched, one of the first questions was like on our Twitter was, you know, what does it mean to be wolfish? Yeah. And I don't know. I think you mentioned that you have some like uh, some of those answers. To yeah. Me. Like that's cool because like there was some great answers. So like our first episode, uh, it was it was answering two questions. What is Web3? Because people who are listening to this, they, they probably don't know exactly what that even means. So we wanted to make sure we cleared that up. But then also, what does it mean to be wolfish? And and on that first episode, Dwayne and I really go into detail about what it means to us to be wolfish right but we also know that this is a commonly used term within the wolf den and uh, mainly through the wolf den is really where it came from so when we launch and this is like everything we're doing right now is totally off the cuff i was like hey let's you know put a tweet out and because i was writing the medium article and there was i think it was maddie dubs had posted something like a really good explanation of what it meant to be wolfish and i was going to reference that and i was like you know what would be better is to just hear from everybody. Like, what does it mean to be wolfish for you? Like, this would be a good out of the gate wolfish on Web3 kind of to get everything started. And there were a lot of responses. And and for anybody that's listening that isn't following wolfish on Web3 on Twitter, uh, it's just at wolfish on Web3. Go follow it. Uh, I, you know, what I'll do is I'll pin that tweet. So if you go to the profile, it'll be the first tweet that you'll see. And um, listen to the first episode especially and, and kind of get a sense of what this means. Look at some of the responses that other people have, have made and, and, you know, you make a response, like, what does it mean to be wolfish for you? And it was interesting because there was a lot of different perspectives, right. Yeah. On what, how people see wolfish. And I'm going to just read a couple, just give some shout outs here. Dot um, Kev says being wolfish is to be able to adapt and thrive in any circumstance. I thought that was a really 
cool way explaining like regardless if it's a bullish market or bearish market, whatever the sentiment is, we're still winning. That is so wolfish. I love. So I really wanted to point that one out. Um, Another one. This is from Dr. Nick uh, Sotelo says wolfish for me means having a plan that is based on the evidence that is particular to me, that is anchored in slow, steady growth over time and that minimizes risk. Powerful, powerful stuff right there. Um, I love, I love Dr. Nick, man. He has so many good things to say. He's, he's been in Wolf Den and you know, all the other communities just for a while. So he's, he's, uh, he's just been great. Just really good people. Um, yeah, I'm hoping, to, I'm hoping to get him on here and have a little chat with him. Someday. Yeah. Yeah. He would be awesome. Um, and another fellow podcaster too. So, uh, shout out to not to Nick. And then the last one that I wanted to highlight is, uh, from Monica shell. It says being wolfish for me is getting very clear on what outcome I want and making sure my actions align with getting me closer to that outcome. So we always talk about in the wolf den, you know, biasing closer over more. And like, that's one of the underpinnings of how we operate. And I, so I really thought, you know, shining a light on that statement was really important and, and impactful and how Monica is, is really using some of these principles that we've learned throughout the wolf den and, and how that applies to being wolfish. It's not just about projects or like, you know, it's also about how you as a person operate too, which I didn't even really think about that, you know, when it came to being wolfish. It's like, yeah, I'm wolfish on myself and and how I can operate. For sure, man. That's awesome. Like it, just hearing from these responses and, and building this wolfish on Web3 has just been so much fun and seeing people uh, align with uh, align with that thoughts mm-hmm. is really cool. Yeah. And it's 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 nice to be able to kind of get people together. And like one of the goals here as well, and we're going to kind of get through. There's a couple announcements that, you know, we're, we're making as we're having these discussions. We'll get to this in a minute. Well, actually, I'll go ahead and talk about it right now because yeah, I think it's a good segue like that, right? is, um, you know, we want to start having regular Twitter spaces. So um, this is this is something where. We kind of get people like people that are not just in Wolfden community. I mean, anybody that's really interested in Web3, obviously got to be on Twitter and to be able to come together and have these conversations and have that human connection interaction. And I think that's a that's an element in the Web3 space that is really powerful in terms of growth and development. And well, even uh, even for like listeners that, you know, happen to catch an episode and like brings up a question or a thought and an open loop per se mm-hmm. and, and need like some extra info. These Twitter spaces are going to be awesome for, you know, the community to come together and maybe ask those questions and get some clarity around those things. Yeah, exactly. It's it, that's the thing. That's one of the weaknesses of podcasting is that podcasts are very much like one way communication. So you and I are having yeah. a conversation right now and whoever's listening is getting getting the information, but they don't really have a voice in the discussion. So this is like a way of giving the audience a voice in the discussion. It's like we have we have these conversations, we break things down, we record it, we put it out, you know, through all the directories and and then and then we open up the space where people can actually come together who's listening, paying yeah. attention, and we can have those and we can have that dialogue. And I think that's going to lead to us producing better content as well because we're going to have we're going to understand like, what are the real questions? Like, what are people really oh, thinking? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Shout what out on the Twitter on the, space. What else is on the news there? So we got Twitter spaces on Friday. Yeah, we're doing. Yeah. So we got our first space, um, which actually as the release of this podcast, it'll be, 
it will be Friday because this is coming out Friday. <laughs> uh, no, this is coming out Saturday. So I'm sorry. This one's actually going to be releasing on Saturday. Or could we? Well, look could we next week. Maybe we could pr- try to get this out Friday before. I don't think it matters. It's the, the, because by the time even if we put out Friday, see here we are planning on the spot. Um, <laughs> by the time you put it out Friday, it's it, it doesn't really matter. But the thing is, is um, just be like, just know that we're going to start doing this. So we are going to have our first one as of this recording, which is a Wednesday. We're going to be doing our first one this Friday, um, September 23rd. It's going to be 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, but we'll, but we're plant we'll do another one next week. Uh, there's not going to be like a set time or day throughout the week that we're going to do them. We're just kind of kind of take it on week by week week by week basis and see when it makes the most sense. And um, so just you know follow the Twitter. Make sure you follow our Twitter. So you, turn on the notifications. Yep, turn on notifications. And um, and when we post about the space that we're going to be having, make sure you set your reminders and. That way you don't miss it. Um, you know, they are going to be recorded, so you will be able to go back and listen. But it's not the same as being there and talking and engaging. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, one more thing on the rundown here, just you know, so as we're building this podcast out, we are going to be testing out ways to kind of structure our content, and uh, so we're we're kind of starting with some of the updates and stuff that we're doing. So this is the last update I just want to mention very quickly. Uh, we are doing a giveaway for a Wolf Pup NFT. Now, this is going to be really important to to have one of these Wolf Pup NFTs as it relates to the experience that we're building with Wolfish on Web three. Um, there's, I don't have any details to announce in that regard, but just know that if you have a Wolf Pup NFT, not only benefits, not only are you going to be creating benefits for people who are part of our community, but uh, but the Wolf Den, it is your access to the Wolf Den and there's also another there's like a whole plethora of of benefits and access and you know community and things that you can be part of in the wolf den by holding one of these wolf pups so one of the things that people and we're going to get into our like main topic discussion here in a minute but i was having a conversation with somebody last night about nfts and there's still this sentiment that all nfts are just like digital art or digital pictures yeah. and you just you know it's like no nft also can represent access and utility to things so uh and it's recorded on the blockchain which means it's, it's easy to kind of verify there's a public ledger I'm not going to get into the techie stuff but the technology really presents some interesting opportunities to create access and utility for people using nft as the tool so having one of these nfts is really going to be important as it as in regards to being part of the experience that we're building. So we want to give one of these out, uh, the way to qualify. I've got a medium article <laughs> that kind of explains exactly what to do. It's really simple. I mean, it's not anything complicated, but basically there's 23 reviews. Uh, our goal is to get to 23 Apple podcast reviews. So to qualify for the giveaway is you need to go to Apple podcasts. You know, if you're, if you don't have Apple podcasts, I wish there was another platform, but you got to have Apple Podcasts. You just give us a rating and review, screenshot your review, and then post that review onto Twitter, tagging um, tagging uh, Wolfish on Web3 and using the hashtag Wolfish in your post just to show right. that you've reviewed. That's all you got to do. And once we hit 23 Apple Podcast reviews, we're going to go back through all the people who have posted i'm i'm keeping a, a track right now of people who have posted reviews 
and we're going to basically run a raffle where we'll kind of put everybody's name into a randomizer and it'll spin the wheel and it'll pick the name and whoever's name comes up will get um, awarded a wolf pup nft and if uh you know if you're interested in learning about wolf pup nfts and the wolf den and everything uh head over to their websites www.wolfdenlabs.com again we'll link that up in the show notes so if you want just a quick access link you'll have that and that will give you you know some insight into the wolf den um you can still mint Wolfden or Wolfpup NFTs now, so you can mint right there from the site, um, and just all the benefits and stuff that they're working on. So I'm really excited. Awesome. But yeah, that's the um, the giveaway. That cover it, joint. Yeah. That cover everything. Yeah. I think so. Nope. Uh, looking at the notes there, that's kind of all the wolfish news that we have. Um, I think the next step is maybe, um, yeah. Now we finished the wolfish news. Now you want to talk a little bit about what's actually been happening in the web three world this last little while, there's been some big things. Yeah. Um, you know, it's so Dwayne and I, we, we were talking before we hit the recording and there's, there's, so there's, yeah, there's one thing that we wanted to talk about. It's a really big event that happened and, um, and kind of, kind of affects us in the, with the NFT world, right? Like we were just talking yeah. about NFT and like, even for the wolf pup NFTs, they're on the Ethereum chain. Right. So, yeah. um, ETH, just went through a merge. Mm-hmm. Now, to my understanding, I'm not I'm not a super super technical nerd on blockchain on like how it all works, and I have a basic understanding of it. You know, so right. um, so ETH was a proof of work, and it merged over to a proof of stake. Mm-hmm. Now, just bare bones basic info: proof of work is like miners. So Bitcoin miners, you know, proof of work. That's where right. miners solve problems and verify the blockchain. Proof of stake, on the other hand, is, you know, uh, staking ETH at, to use a validator node. And mm-hmm. then those verify the blocks on the chain. So that's like bare bones, basic explanation. And that merge has been like in the process for what, I think a couple of years. Yeah. And they've like... Yeah ran some test nets and they were running tests and delaying it. And then it finally happened and really watching it, watching all the hype come up to it was like, okay, what's going to happen is the whole blockchain is going to blow up and, you know, <laughs> cause all this chaos, but it really was just a little blip on the radar. Um, yeah. You know, that's why I wanted to talk about it kind of because, you know, we use the Ethereum chain quite a bit for, yeah. you know, buying NFTs for Kumte and, and Wolfden and all sorts of things. Right. So when it was coming up to that, it was like, okay, you know, I'm going to hold my ETH and I'm going to hold my NFTs and I'm just going to sit and wait to see what, ha- what all happens with this merge. And then it happened and I needed to buy an NFT. So I was like, okay, is it good to go? Can I go on to an exchange and buy some ETH and then yeah. go and buy an NFT? And, and it worked, man. Like it was just as, as normal. I just went and bought uh, Ethereum on KuCoin and then transferred it over to the MetaMask, hooked up to OpenSea, bought my NFT and went off without a hitch. So it was, it was awesome. One of the things to, to also keep in mind, um, when it comes to Ethereum and, and again, this, this goes back to like understanding when it comes to like, if you're going to invest in, into crypto, like understanding what you're actually investing in. So Ethereum is essentially, and 
is essentially like a computer network. Like you can build on top of it. You can build protocols, um, different applications on top of Ethereum. So like OpenSea, for example, is an NFT marketplace. So we were just talking a minute ago about these Wolfpup NFTs. Well, you go to Open, you can go to OpenSea and buy Wolfpup NFTs off the secondary market, you know, mm-hmm. and you can sell them, you can buy them. It's just a marketplace. You can trade NFTs. Well, in order to go to open, in order to buy an NFT on OpenSea, since it's built on Ethereum, that means I have to have Ether, which is the to- crypto token in my wallet in order to transact and make that transaction, right? So that's that's what that's what Ethereum does. It allows you to participate on these applications that are built on their network. And like Dwayne, you mentioned, it's like there's proof of work, proof of stake, and they moved from a proof of work model to a proof of stake model, when, which essentially all that is, is it like a lot of people ask this question when it comes to crypto. It's like, how secure is this? Right. Like mm-hmm. they talk about the security of it and you know, and I'm the same way. It's like, I don't understand all the super technical details. Like you almost have to be like a computer pr- programmer in a way to like really understand what's going on at that technical level. So th- the best thing to like understand you know, or think about, I think when it comes to proof of work and proof of stake is that uh, it's just a way to validate um, information on a blockchain. The blockchain is just accounting for information, right? It's just a public ledger It's accounting for information and this is a way to validate it so it can't be tampered with or, um, you know, change like this use, it uses cryptography, you know, with hashing systems. And that's where it gets super technical and confusing, but it's just a way to validate. So thinking about it, you know, from a um, just from a, the common person who doesn't know anything about computer programming and coding and nor do you really care, just understanding that, like, when you look at things like that happen with the ETH merge. It's best just to understand that, hey, this is something that they're doing to upgrade the network, to make it safer. It's actually a lot more efficient. I, I read that uh, inter- it's going to reduce energy, energy consumption wise, yeah. by like 99%, like because now you don't need miners to to yeah. validate stuff. Like they're not, you don't have these big mining operations that are just, just eating away energy. Now yeah. it's it's done differently. So it's an, it's an improvement in the technology. That's a good thing. That's very wolfish, right? to see that they're mm-hmm. actually improving the technology to make it safer, more efficient. Um, now there's some other things and you know, what we're going to do, uh, cause it was kind of thinking about like, how do we talk about the ETH merge where it's useful, um, and not getting too dug in the weeds. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to link up in the show notes. There's actually two resources I want to point to. The first one yeah. is, uh, it's actually a, it's just an article and it talks about some, it just kind of covers like some basic things on the ETH merge, like, like how this impacts, how this impacts investors and things like that, that I think is pretty helpful, but I also want to link and give a shout out. There's a new podcast that, uh, we just started listening to. And actually when I was researching the ETH merge, I, this is where I kind of got my start and learning about it. It's called two board apes podcast. And it's with um, Zeneca. And I can't, I'm hoping I pronounce his last name, right? It's Jamie Moosings, I believe. And it's good, man. Like I listen yeah. to it. Uh, I like their style and um, Zeneca specifically. I've been following him on Twitter now for a for a little while he always puts out really good like insightful content around web3 like i feel like i'm learning a lot from him so when i found he had a podcast i went down the rabbit hole and i saw where they talked about the eth merge and i feel like that their description 
of how this all works. Like if you really want to get into the details of the technical stuff and understand that, then uh, I'm going to send you to their podcast because they, yeah. they they're going to do it way better than Dwayne and I will. And we're not going to try to be pretend that we know this stuff as deep as they do at the, the funny thing level. is um like as you're explaining this i'm, I'm thinking back to because i i caught a little bit of it this morning again just to like refresh me on the eth merge and and it's funny in their conversation they're like one level deeper than us like you know they yeah. talk technical and stuff but in their conversation they're still like ah this is getting too deep like i don't <laughs> know how to explain this so you know it just takes <laughs> Takes you one more level deeper into the rabbit hole of how it all works, and you could you could probably go one level deeper and get right down to the bear tax of what happens on the blockchain and the code and the epochs and the blocks and oh yeah, there's mm -hmm. it's a deep rabbit hole to go down. But you know we talked about it earlier. Is do you need to know how electricity works to use a light switch? Right. You know, right. do we need to know how the network like is working in the behind the scenes to actually use it? Well, not really, you know? <laughs> right. No, no, I don't need, you know, I'm on, I'm right now, I've got a computer set up. I don't need to know how the motherboard and the processor and the RAM all work together. I just need to know where the, where the power button is and how to yeah. use windows. <laughs> right. So it's, it's kind of the same, the same thought process is, um, Hey, it's an upgrade to the network. That's really all it is. There was a lot of buzz going around it. You know, you got to be careful. One thing I will say about this to really be careful with, because I think this, you got to really like, if you're on Twitter and you're following these crypto influencers, people will, um, you have to be, you have to really think about the advice that you're taking. Um, cause one of the things I saw floating around quite a bit on Twitter when it came to the ETH merge is like, you need to unstake your mm -hmm. uh your ethereum if you've got it in like liquidity pools and i know i'm talking foreign language probably to some people but th there's like or if you got nfts that are for sale on OpenSea, you need to like remove the listings because if the eth is not in your wallet you won't like you'll like something will happen or you won't get the right tokens or something right. will, like you'll you'll be at a disadvantage with the merge for whatever the reason is and I don't think that was I don't think that was true because like the article I read said that no action is needed. You don't have to do anything. Just like yeah. sit back, relax and just, just let, hands, let it yeah. do its thing. Right. You don't need to go and make all these moves. So um, and it's easy to kind of like get caught up into a narrative when you're on, you know, these platforms where people are just giving you a bunch of advice and, and you're not really thinking for yourself and um yeah so crypto like being in a space really teaches you extreme responsibility <laughs> and this is just an example yeah. of that and you know you hear that do your own research um so much in the crypto space and it's true like if you don't just take somebody's word as gospel um usually dive in if you don't understand and try and figure it out like do your own research figure like is this going to affect me and if you don't have enough information to make a decision confidently it's usually best just to sit and wait till it gets clear <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah and we've been talking a lot about like communication and how like to communicate information to people and in a space that is very early and very new and this really goes down to there's a concept called diffusion of innovation yes. and this is something we learned through our, our time and experience inside the Wolf Den because we are in a early adopt. We are in a space that's very much so in that early adoption phase. So essentially the fusion of innovation, it's a concept of that really breaks down like how ideas spread. 
Uh, I there's a book that was written, I think, in the '60s by somebody I don't remember their name. I'll try to find the link to the book. Anyway, there was a book written by somebody very smart, thinking he's a PhD on diffusion of innovation. We we won't go into all those details, but the general idea behind it is that there's um, there's like an adoption period or adoption like bell curve essentially that happens where you know, the first like 1% or very small percentage, like these are your innovators. These are the people um, who are like three or four levels deeper than us, right? You know, even deeper than probably Zeneca and Jamie that actually understand at a very technical level how to build. And then they also know how to, they they know how, yeah, they know how to build. They know how to innovate. Mm -hmm. Like they're the nerdy, weird people that everybody looks at like, what are you doing, you know, in your, in your Mm -hmm. house for 20 hours a day, like on a computer, Like these are, you know, the innovators, right? They're, they're the ones who are innovating. And then you have your early adopters. So then the innovators communicate with the early adopters, which I would consider Dwayne and I to be in that category of early adopters. Like we've actually taken the time to spend, to learn how this stuff works at a fundamental level. We don't know all the technical details, but we do like, we can communicate with the innovator in a way that we, we can understand like what they're talking about. Like we can speak the language, right? Yeah. Or even just the excitement of being in on something new, you know, that, Mm -hmm. that always brings its own risks and emotions to it, but being in on something early, um, is fun. This, this bell curve, it's like innovators, early adopters. And then I have this little diagram pulled up and it's, uh, it's got the chasm, right. you know, yeah. the innovators, early adopters. Then there's a chat, then the chasm before the early majority. And then it goes late majority and laggards. So, yeah. so yeah, I, I think we're kind of at the chasm part where we're trying to bridge over from the early adopters to the early majority. <laughs> well, and it's, you know, I, I need to read more about like what the chasm represents and the, the, the general idea behind it is like, for people who like the early majority and late majority people who are kind of like on like the heavier, like point of the, of the bell curve, this is like your, you know, what is it? I guess 60, 70% of people or 80% of, of the, of, of dot of, of population, right. Of society. Like right now, I think only one and a half percent of people in the entire world actually have a crypto wallet. Mm-hmm. So that kind of shows you where we're at in this adopt like phase of adoption when it comes to this stuff. So there's still a lot of people that haven't actually adopted blockchain technology, mainly because yeah. it's really complicated. And well, and, and also but. also regulations and safety is right. a huge thing for that that type of crowd. The, you know, they they need they need it to be easy. They need it to be safe. They kind of hand responsibility over to whatever controlling power there is or whatever mm-hmm. that has made it that. You know, right. whereas the early adopters don't need so much of that um, security and safety because they know that they're early and it there's risks involved with that. Yeah. Um, but once you get to that, you know, early majority and late majority, that's when all the all of a sudden the regulations come in and this and the safety mechanisms come in, and now the mass adoption starts to happen. Yeah. And so it, yeah, yeah. So that's that's where it's going to get fun and like regulations we're going to have to have a whole episode about that because things are happening at a fairly quick speed i think mm-hmm. things are starting to pick up even more after what we went through this summer with you know the, a couple of the big tokens having some issues and collapses yeah. in their fundamentals which kind of i think sped up the regulation so uh yeah i'm actually looking forward to that episode when we, when we dive into that a little bit 
Yeah, it'd be, it would be great to um, to really even consider bringing on like an expert in the field of regulation, maybe even somebody that's um, deep into that space that really understands. Um, we might have to tap into our network a little bit as well, yeah. just to just to get like somebody who can really break some of that stuff down in a and because uh, regulation can get pretty pretty dense when it comes oh, to it's messy. It's, it's all over the place because yeah. because blockchain and crypto is worldwide. There's there's countries and nations doing things at different paces and different speeds, right. and they're trying, you know, they're trying to make it. They're trying to bring the whole world together on something that not everybody's going to agree on. So <laughs> yeah, it can get, it can get very messy. Like you're in the states, I'm in Canada. Yeah. Our regulation or something similar but there's also specific little nuances to each country you know mm-hmm. so you kind of got to know where you're playing yeah it's yeah um i, I i'm not really sure how it's going to come together I, I know you know united states is working on some legislation and things like that i think i saw something recently that uh jb had posted actually that was really useful it was from whitehouse.gov and it was like yep. nine points um but going back to like diffusion of innovation, like communicating, you know, one of the things that I, something I really want to make sure people understand is, especially if they start taking the steps into this space, is uh, knowing who you're community. Like when you are having these conversations with people, really understanding kind of where they're at on that diffusion curve. And it may not be as a parent, you know, it will like it once you start having those conversations, it's easier to 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 uh, recognize it. Like when I first started getting in, I was like really excited. I was making a bunch of money and, you know, I'd be like hanging out at the local tap house and just strike up. Hey, are you and are you doing stuff in Web3? And then and then I realized very quickly, it's like, oh, wait a second. This is still early adopter phase. Like there are people like and this was the same thing. This happened. This happened with a like pretty much every new technology, especially highly disruptive technology that kind of changes the way we operate as a society like the Internet. Like people used to call the Internet a fad. And, yeah. <laughs> and like all the names, right? Just like they're doing the crypto right now. And that's your, th- those are your late majority people. Like whenever you hear somebody say that crypto is a Ponzi scheme, those are people that are in that bucket of late majority. They really don't understand it. They never took the time to understand it. And so they scrutinize it because with increased ignorance comes increased scrutiny. So yeah. that's what they do. And it's so like, whatever, like that's, that's just people being people, right? But for you, like if you're interested in a space, you when you start thinking about like the fusion of innovation and where people kind of fall in these different buckets, you'll you'll realize like if I want to have a productive conversation about this with somebody, I need to understand where they kind of where they stand on this curve. Because if you're early major or if you're early adopter person trying to speak to a late majority person, what can happen? And I've seen it happen. I I I practice restraint in this regard now, especially now, but like you'll, you'll, it'll turn into an argument, like, right. It'll be like, well, this is just a big Ponzi scheme. And it's like, well, you don't really understand what's going on. And then everybody, you just got two people are just trying to be right. (laughs) They're just going back and forth trying to be right. Whereas like a early majority person speaking to maybe um, an early adopter person, it might be a little bit more like that person I find is like, they're not completely sold on it, but they're not going to like, throw rocks at it either they're kind of like yeah it's kind of what's what is going on over there anyway i'm kind of interested to like learn a little bit more but there's i still got a lot of questions but i'm open you know and it seems like that's kind of how those people are and then the laggers they're never going to adopt it 
no matter what. They just they don't no, care about the it. The laggards will come into crypto when they don't even know they're using crypto. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like uh right. The, yeah. the funny thing about crypto though is like we're still in the early adopter phase, but you know, you mention it to anybody and they kind of they've heard of it, they know about it, and and there's been like some um areas of access where people have you know gotten invested in it through some other easy way of buying crypto you know like you could use your credit card on some platforms just Mm -hmm. to buy some bitcoin or some eth or whatever so now you're into crypto and so there's there's where it's in the early adopter stage but it's actually attracted a fair bit of you know late majority or kind of thinking people Mm -hmm. so so it causes that even bigger gap where they they think they're in it but they don't really understand it um Uh, i've noticed that like i i heard one comment say should your grandma be buying bitcoin (laughs) and like you know because yeah it's a good investment and everything but will she understand it when the market goes up and down and all Mm, over the place like so yeah crypto has been a tricky beast uh, being in the early adopter stage but attracting some of that late majority people yeah, I mean, it's well, again, there's that chasm that you have to cross first and then you're going to start getting the early majority people who are seem to be more open minded. But like, oh, safety, like there's regulation. I don't have to worry about getting scammed. And I think the late majority people come in once they see that everybody else around them has adopted it. And they're like, wait a second, I'm like the only one that hasn't done this. Like, I probably should, <laughs> you know, get into this. Maybe this wasn't a scam like I thought it was or, oh, I actually have to like if I want to go to this football game. I have to have an NFT that now serves as my ticket to be able to go. But you're seeing, you know, you're seeing like, and we're going to talk about this. We won't spend a lot of time on this because we're, we're kind of at the point right now where we need to kind of wrap it up here. But, um, but like Starbucks is coming out with NFTs, but they're not calling mm-hmm. them NFTs because, I, you know, they're calling them something like uh, rewards uh, program. Yeah, it's like a loyalty <laughs> program. And I think they're called something stamps or loyalty stamp or something like that. Anyway, we'll talk about that later today. But, you know, you don't you don't go through that same process of getting the NFT with the Starbucks. You just you just pay for it with your credit card and. And I don't even know all the details, but it's not like you got to go and set up a MetaMask wallet and get some Ethereum in it and go to connect the, the wallet on OpenSea. Like you don't have to go through all that. It's just like you do it with a credit card and all the blockchain activity is just kind of happening behind the scenes is the way I understand mm-hmm. it. And that's what like these like late majority people like they need really easy onboarding. It needs to be fluid with what they're already doing in life. If it's too inconvenient, you know, they're probably not going to do it. Unless it's unless it's something where they're willing to like go through some inconvenience to, you know, if it, which is kind of like what I think happened with us. It's like, oh, wow, like I want to be part of this and I'm willing to like take the steps to learn how to do this so I can get this yeah. access because it's amazing. Um, so it'll be interesting to see like how this stuff really develops in a way that does bridge that chasm over into the early majority, late majority people. And yeah, it's exciting to see uh, the bigger corporations doing things like this because that's what's going to bring in exposure and, you know, bring mm-hmm. attention to the space. So, yeah. yeah, it's an exciting time. Yeah. And we're and that's a big part of why we have this podcast, because we're here to document yeah, it. We're here to report it and talk about our experience and how we're how we're navigating it. So, um, yeah, man, let's wrap it up. We're at 35 minutes trying to keep these things around. You know, again, we're, we're kind of building this as we go. Um, but this is kind of like going to be a, a format we're going to run with for a little bit as far as like our podcast moving forward. Just 
talk about like things through the week that we're working on and then, you know, really try to have like more of a main topic of conversation. We are also going to start booking guest interviews um, here pretty soon yeah, as I'm well. I'm excited to get a few of them on here. Yep. 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 Absolutely. So we'll be start bringing on guest interviews. We're excited about that. I've already been talking and we've been talking, both of us actually been talking to a few people um, about bringing on some guests. So that'll be cool. That'll be fun bringing on people that um, can bring some different insights and perspectives. And uh, yeah, Dwayne, you got anything, any final remarks you want to close this off here since I closed this off on the last one? All right, everybody. Remember to stay wolfish. Boom. You've been listening to Wolfish on Web3. We hope you enjoyed the show. For real-time updates and news on crypto, NFTs, and mission-driven projects making waves in the Web3 space, follow us on Twitter at Wolfish on Web3. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. And always remember to stay wolfish.